0: Here every week, win, lose or draw, talking all things United. This is the United People's Podcast.
2: Well then, ladies and gents, how are you all doing? Sam, Bao and Jake here for another episode of United People's Podcast. And unfortunately, <laughs> we can't exactly come here with good news. Uh, that defeat to Brighton 3-1, we're going to run through the game, run through all the talking points, we're going to speak about you know the tactical issues from Ten Hag, the different start at Rashford I think is a talking point uh, Hoyland's debut kind of an overall where the club is right now it's been a really shaky start to the season three losses uh, in the league now um, United down in 12th I think it is Bayern Munich coming up on Wednesday it's, uh, it's, a, it's a tough time Bao you were at the game yesterday uh, I'm guessing you had a fantastic time
1: oh yeah well it was a fantastic put it that way uh, no we started off really well um, I think he surprised everyone with, with the diamond shape and with the two up top. But when the first 15 minutes, we didn't take any of the chance. I think we were a bit unlucky with a couple of them um, good good blocks by them. They very, very quickly came into the game and settled down, started playing the ball about. We we're getting out so, so easy from the back. And, and then our lack of width and protection for the fullbacks started to then show. And then Mate, it was that's a- when...
2: Like Ten Hag is obviously like, he switched the system yesterday and it caught Brighton out. De Zerbe spoke about it after the game. He goes, we didn't prep for that. Uh, so for the first 15, 20 minutes, they didn't really know what to do. And then Brighton just did a little tactical tweak. They just had their two center backs. They they split instead of playing through the middle. Lampty and whoever the other fullback was, they pushed up slightly. And all of a sudden, two little tiny tweaks from De Zerbe and Brighton had the measure of the game. Uh, Jake, do you, What's your, what was your take on, on the sort of the, I suppose the in-game tactics from Ten Hag? Because I think from that game yesterday, I think it's very fair to throw questions and criticism at the manager. Uh, and I, I don't think it's like an, an over, over reaction or a knee jerk and no one's saying Ten Hag out and all that bollocks, but there were problems yesterday and Deserve had problems, but he kind of switched it and Brighton got a hold of the game. But Ten Hag, I suppose he either didn't have an answer. Or he was confident that what he planned with was going to work and it didn't and, and nothing really changed from then on in the game.
0: I think um, I think we've spoken before and United feel like a, a team that doesn't really play in a particular style. Like it doesn't get drilled into them in exactly the same way. You know, some, some teams you just, you know how they're going to play, whether they're 1-0 down, one nil up, whatever, they'll play the same way and it looked like Brighton had an answer for, for anything that could be thrown at them. And that's how they did. They tweaked, obviously, we started the game really well. But again, if if those first 20 minutes go really well and then you go one down and it's kind of like out of nowhere, you, there's a part of you that thinks, well, I'm not going to change it up because it was working for the last 20 minutes. So let's just see how it goes and, and carry on. But at that point, you're really starting to lose grip on the game. So you kind of almost wait for half time. And, and I thought yeah
2: half time is what I was going to say there man
0: and i just thought that yes i can understand why he didn't change it um but i, I do yeah you know we we could potentially the the holland goal etc to get it back to 1-1 and and such things like that they they make they make the game a different game as it were if if obviously was given but yeah i just felt that we waited until half time to have that discussion, and by that point, we were really second best in the game.
2: But, but like, like, if if you're looking at last two games, right, we've come on the wrong side of two millimetre decisions. Uh, one which would have been probably a winner, Arsenal. One which would have been United going in one or half time, but. Uh, it's it, for me the thing that's probably the most concerning. Still, um, patterns keep repeating themselves. I think, bow anyway, is we still don't have that control. Right, that's that's what Ten Hag is in my in, in my eyes. You know, you say you haven't we haven't got a star to play. I know I've watched enough of Ajax. And I've watched enough of Ten Hag's teams at their peak to know what Ten Hag wants his team to do. That's why we signed though Nana. That's why I was excited about that. But still, we're we are so heavily reliant on the counter-press and winning the ball back in their half within like 15 seconds. And if we don't do that and teams play around it, we don't really have, we don't create enough opportunities
1: elsewhere. Well, the the issue with the counter-press, I saw several times yesterday, is they don't do it in numbers. You've got Bruno running around like a headless chicken or Hoyland going on his own. Rashford, you're just pretty much just sulking majority of the game off the ball. Um, I thought very first. Well, first half, he did well on the ball, uh, but then his, I said, his lack of a footballing brain, in my opinion, comes comes to the front, um, comes to the the front. Like what we kept doing first half was just lumping the ball into the air um, for Hoyland to try and win, but Duncan, whoever the other centre half was, they was it Veltman, was it?
2: Yeah, yeah, was it? I think it was Veltman. Yeah,
1: yeah, th- they literally won everything. And then second half, they started to then play into Hoyland's body. And then he, that's where he was able to, as he was doing at Arsenal, hold them off, bring others into the game. That's when he, when he spread it back to Rashford. And at that point, Rashford has to either hit the target or he has to play that ball all, all across. And he doesn't either. And that's the the most infuriating thing about it is that that's 1-1. One, one, and then the game's back back to level then. And suddenly five minutes five minutes uh, to, um, later, they go up the other end and make it two. I think um,
2: with Rashford, they get Rashford yesterday, right? So Rashford hasn't played with Haaland. That that's the first time they've started a game together, right? So normally, when you get a new signing in, you get your new signing in preseason. They get two, three, four weeks to get to know each other, get to know each other's game, and, and understand the runs. and I know that that will improve over time, but the way I just, the way I looked at it, Jake, was that Rashford last season, we t- he was turned into a, a thirty goal striker. Well, it wasn't a striker. He was like a 30-goal attacker. It was an incredible season from Rashford. He was the main don. Like There wasn't really anybody else who was scoring goals. It was kind of drilled into him by Benny McCarthy and Ten Hagel. So, you, you're you the leading man. You, you've got to take take the chances. Whereas now, we've got number nine who's actually going to be in the right position more often than not. And, and yesterday was, obviously, there's one example that kind of went viral where Rashford sort of drove it down, head down, left foot shot into the side netting and had he just clipped in a little um, cute pass, he could have got it over the Brighton defender in front of him, and Horden would have just had a little tap in. I think that's that will come in time, uh, but I think Rashford's kind of got to adapt his game now to understand there's someone, there's going to
0: be someone there with me, right? Yeah, ultimately, like we we do have someone who looks like they can boach, You know, the positions that he's getting in the box. I don't think Rashford gets the ball across. I do think the defender probably cuts that out, but right, re- but regardless. Um, If you don't hit the target with your shot, that's when the questions will be asked. If he hits the target, you make the keeper work. The keeper potentially parries it out to Hoyland anyway. Um, But by not hitting the target, it's criminal because you have all these still frames that are on Twitter or whatever that look like it's a simple pass across. But actually angles, I didn't think he had the right angle for it. But again, that's just me. Um, I think with last season with him... He just went through that stage and a lot of strikers get this where almost everything goes in. So you have a look at a few of his goals. They they either get deflected in somehow or they've made their way in and then obviously mixed in that is some brilliant goals as well. And they just go through these these uh, weeks of form where they're almost unstoppable, you know, but he, he hasn't found that yet. Um, he's not finding the target. Uh, he's not making the keeper work and that's, he had one in the first half, he cut in on his right and he he hit it just just wide at the top right hand corner.
1: But yeah, he's, he's got
0: way. to make the keeper work.
1: I, I was looking at, I remember that, um a shot because Matt was next to me. As soon as he cuts in, he was like, you have to wrap your foot around that. Not every single shot has to be laces and that's what, that's his only way of shooting is putting his foot through the ball.
2: Yeah, well, this is a conversation we all had about Rashford last year, right? And I I don't know whether that part of his game kind of ever will develop. It's just he's so instinctive
0: in how he shoots and it's kind of... It's kind of strange because when he reached 100 goals, uh, one morning on the cross trainer, I wanted something to watch. So I went back and watched his 100 goals because I'm really cool like that. And um, (laughs) actually watch, if you watch a lot of his goals, so many of them are placed, yeah, where he has taken the time. And he and he passes it into the corner, or he just passes it past the goalkeeper. Then you think to yourself, if you actually look at the percentage of chances you score when you place, as opposed to when you just thunder twat, it, it he's surely got to look. And someone's gotta have that. Go go and watch it and anyone who's listening, have a look at those first hundred goals he scores and how many of them are actually placed in the corner. Much so by more. place
2: do you mean do you mean like open opening his foot up or oh,
0: Yeah, a bit you know, like everyone calls it the Henri style where you open your foot, bend it around the keeper or, you know, uh, if he's running through and he brings it across the goalkeeper rather than around, you'd be surprised. Go and have a look. You'd be surprised at how many he does. Do you think it's kind of got anything to do with like the,
2: the pace of the game that he plays? Because he moves fast. Like he, he he, his transitions are fast. Like rarely do you kind of see Rashford sort of ambling towards the defender. It's kind of at pace. He's moving as quick as possible because it's part of his is what makes him dangerous. But Army um, wasn't slow, was he? Yeah. Well, well, he wasn't <laughs> slow, but it's it, pace wasn't as important to his game as Rash as paces to Rashford's.
0: But I think Rashford is a is a powerful individual, and again, I bet you in training when he's doing those, he really hits them, and he and he scores the majority. Um, and then it comes to match day, you get less chances than you would in training. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, when you don't score them, you'll be judged.
2: Look. look Right, You're Ten Hag, right? So it's been it's been a rough start to the season. There's not been any games that we've controlled. And I, that, for me, is the thing that sort of is going to pe- keep repeating because we are in his second season now. Ten Hag has got plenty of signings that he wanted. We should be like... Amrabat will no doubt come in and help with that. That first phase midfield, you might say it's boring and shit like that and people go, keep going on about it, but it's completely fucking true. We don't have that first-phase midfielder who receives it from the two centre-backs. You watched it against Bulls. O'Nana so often had the ball at his feet. He's kind of looking there. Three, four seconds, kicks long. Or three, four seconds, out to DeLo, back to O'Nana, kicks it long. It's kind of like how De Gea played. I expected there to be much more of a, an obvious change in style with the arrival of O'Nana. That hasn't quite happened yet. And I'll tell you one person who's not come back to this season completely himself yet is Martinez right I don't know I don't know if you noticed it he's been I mean you, you, it's what you expect right after coming back from serious injury it's going to take you quite a while to sort of find your rhythm but he will, he's so key to that style of play to those line breaking passes through the middle from the centre of defence and without that and without like a, a midfielder dropping deep we still don't have that build up
1: play I, th- I think um, everyone I think we're missing Varane the most in, in the back line if you think when Varane played Varane played with Shaw against City, we defended really yep. well that day. Varane and Lindelof have played together when Martinez got his injury. Yeah. Um, I think it's when Varane goes, he's not playing, w- literally had defensive support forced to pieces.
2: Yeah, but I, like, even this season, right? we've had Varane in, but I would say you're probably looking at first 45 against Spurs, really good. And then we completely dropped off, completely tailed off first 20 against Brighton really good and then we dropped off and we tailed off there's patterns that are repeating throughout these games and I what what do you what does Ten Hag think after this game is is he coming out of that like grilling everyone in training or is he saying all right okay the first 20 was good but you know you got to keep that intensity up is it is it what the fuck is it is it is it fit is it a lack of fitness is it a hangover from too many games is it a poor preseason like what could you put your finger on that would all of a sudden because we look Ten hogs have bounce backs right we've had defeats last season and we bounced back quite a few times it feels like we don't need a bounce back right now it's like we need a proper momentum shift towards this Ten Hag style that you write. I think it's fair we don't have that just yet and <laughs> we got Bayern Munich on Wednesday
1: <laughs> I'm laughing but the issue for me Saturday was I, was I was looking at two different teams one team where every single player Knew what his responsibility was, and what his role in how they were setting up was in terms of what the manager expected from him. Yeah. Whereas he'd been then the subs who came on for them, it was like like for like, and you didn't see kind of breaking their transition or their style. You thought, you know what, they're actually a very very good football team to watch. Whereas with us, it was like there was times where we we were at home and Brighton kept the ball for about. 3 4 minutes just knocking it about front to back front to back left to right and we just couldn't cope with it and i think that just comes down to him. is it personnel in terms of he'd been lucky in the sense that i don't think even last season did he ever have his first choice team available to him i
2: don't i don't think you can put it all down to personnel i don't i think that would kind of be an easy route out i think it's part of it sure but it, like you're this far in the uh, that it's either the instructions from the coaches are too difficult to comprehend or they're not being told what to do. And I don't think it, it can't be that.
0: Brighton Brighton made six changes yesterday. So to, yeah. for, if we're going to blame personnel, you've got to take that into consideration. Um, and I just thought, like you said, maybe... Maybe he has different strategies for different players or or what have you, whereas other clubs will say, no, this is the exact way we're going to play and this is how we do it. And maybe he thinks, maybe Ten Hag thinks that actually if X player cannot play, well, we can't play in that system because this player isn't capable of doing this. But I thought it was a big eye opener yesterday, just how well Brian were, because we we probably haven't spoken enough about that. Brian were very, very good and they were so good with the football. And yes, we didn't, we didn't. Press them in, in a team way, um, but they were so comfortable with the ball. And that first goal, Danny Welbeck's role in that first goal for a player that, you know- Had to be Welbeck. He had, well, it did, but the way he drops, he, he comes in 20 yards, so he finds that gap between centre mid and centre back and no one knows who to go with. And he knows all he's got to do, one touch pass out. Once he's had his touch, that's his job done. And that's quite, it's just, you don't understand, or a lot of people won't understand how- easy that is to do, but how difficult it is to understand. And you, you come in, you play the ball and then when you watch him go, who is supposed to be marking him? Because the, the images will tell you McTominay just switched off. But McTominay would been marking him. Yeah, but he wouldn't no, no, have been marking him watch, originally. Watch,
1: watch, watch McTominay's run, he but he practically run. jogs. If you're a defensive
0: midfielder, the, the ankle you should be busting your gut there. And I agree, but the cleverness of it is dropping in that 10-15. Because McTominay wasn't your man, yeah. So now you've confused two players one in one in midfield, one in defence, yeah. And you've just run off them. And and Welbeck doesn't need to sprint because if he sprints, the defender goes with him, yeah. And if if he doesn't sprint, I mean McTominay's in this. He should have followed him, but he just picks up the space so well, and, and he takes players out of the game, and that is a lot of coaching in that, mate. The
2: um, like the. I think the 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 press or the, the lack of intensity in the press and the lack of collectiveness in the press is probably the thing that's hurting Ten Hag's style the most right now. In terms of where United have had their successes in uh, quotation marks this season, where we've where we've looked slightly good, is when that press has really worked. Uh, Spurs first 45, I don't know how many chances, I think we had 12 chances in that half. We didn't take them, sure, but we created so much. But really, like... Klopp was Klopp was like heavy metal football, right? And if uh, it reached a burnout point, uh, because of the way that st- that football is, it is unsustainable over like probably more than I don't know three, to maybe four seasons with that with the same personnel. You can recruit right and scout right, so you can keep renewing it. But it's why Liverpool went through that year of absolute carnage, and now they're looking well, they're, they're looking slightly better. But the reusable <sighs> asthma pumps also help. Oh yeah, I mean, they, they did actually, and not even mentioned those. We should get, we, we need to get a few of those. We need to get a few of those. But um, like United, we you, United won't be able to sustain that sort, of, and we haven't, haven't been able to sustain that intense press for ninety minutes, two to three times a week. It's it's not feasible, which is why you need that control. You need to have like forty to fifty minutes of it, maybe not that much, but a lot of the game. You should just be able to knock it about, let your players recover mid-game. Rather than constantly be doing those one to ten yard sprints like too often, and then it's it just keeps happening. I I hope that Amrabat comes in and really helps that because Ten Hag needs it. It's um, it just like overall now where where this like there's people that are trying to throw it as a crisis. There's people trying to you know sprinkle some season on it and twist a knife with United. What would you say is the state of United right now? How how would you describe it? Would you describe it as a crisis or not? Because I I wouldn't describe it as a crisis, but I'm now that game there against Brighton was where I probably for the first time became concerned. I think about Ten Hag's tactics
1: and where this team is going. I th- I think there's there's definitely issues there because as you, as you pointed out in in regards to the control, we we when we're in position when we're out of position we run around at 100 miles an hour, Brighton yesterday at times that like, you know what let's just keep up let's just put a ball on it let's recycle the football If we need to go backwards let's go backwards but let's keep it united when we got it it was like it's a hot potato nobody wants it i mean even i mean there's one thing um when ericsson did his pirouette uh first off, did this 360 played it to casemiro so many casemiro's passing yesterday it was simple balls and he just put too much on it because he it was the he wanted to make himself look good in his um execution of the pass where just making a simple pass puts Bruno through I think he did want to Rashford where really he put it out for a throw yeah. unnecessarily um, but there was definitely issues there we can we can blame the takeover issue it's not Um, it has it has to be it has to be a consideration um, in terms of what's going on The all the off the field shit isn't happening with obviously with Greenwood Anthony Sancho it's it is a fucking soap opera. I mean, how many, during the international breaks, how many statements did United release? Well, I don't know, have more than we have wins this season.
0: Yeah. Did so you, t- you saw that as well, right? yeah. <laughs> five, five statements versus three away wins, yeah. All, all, all in 2023, yeah. And, I mean, I mean, I don't know what kind of
1: Formed by Munich are in. I mean, it's not really hard for them to well, they, be. They in. drew.
2: They they drew against Bayern on, Leverkusen on Friday. I think Leverkusen got like a ninety fourth minute penalty, uh, but it's Bayern Munich, right? Is is Bayern Munich away in the Champions League? Like, what? what how do you United because you surely you approach that in a proper four five one in a proper European away game because a, a draw there is a superb result. And, it, and it's not defeatist to think about going. I'm not saying that United will go there to play for the draw, but a draw is an excellent result. So, yeah, Ten Hag showed by switching to split strikers and switching systems that he's prepared to switch systems to play certain teams. Play like we played against Brighton and Bayern Munich will just pass it around us and it won't be pretty. Uh, do, we play,
0: do we play a different system? Do we play slightly different away? Against Bayern, I think we, I think we probably set up in a in a similar way, but in a slightly more conservative way. But so because of the pace that we genuinely have on the counter attack, I think he'll look to that. So he'll look towards you know Rashford, Hoyland, and whoever's going to start on the right, um, and he'll know that that's where we can find our most joy. Because Bayern, in a very similar way to say like Barcelona last season, they'll push their fullbacks up, and their fullbacks will push into central position as well at times. And it just leaves that gap because they're willing to say, "Do you know what? That ball out wide, we'll cover that." Because you've got to get it perfect to get it in behind. So you're not actually getting in behind; you're getting out wide, and then you'll you'll push and relieve the pressure. Um, And we can do it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it would be nice, Renee. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Are you? Bayern Munich away, given the context of our current results, is not exactly the uh, easiest of games to have. Uh, but what would you genuinely expect from United on Wednesday? Would you accept... Well, we've, we've had crap results before and we have bounced back, but that was... Like the Arsenal game wasn't a crap... Re- I suppose we'll probably kind of play like we did against Arsenal, right? Against Arsenal, we did slow it down. We Against Arsenal, we had some actual control of that because Arsenal didn't want to press Onana and we we just kind of they might have said it was slow and cumbersome, but United were just kind of in control for quite a lot of it. And then we could have had that late winner, and it would have been brilliant, and it would have been hailed as a as a solid away performance. We just we got to try and reduce the amount of ball that Bayern Munich have because if they just keep recycling, I, I don't think that we can have much confidence in that defense being like resolute. You know how we was it last year? Southampton we won one 0 away. Leicester we won one 1-0 away. And we sort of we got a goal and we sat back and we we held out. I wouldn't I wouldn't expect us to be able to do that against Bayern Munich. I, I'd love to be proven wrong. One, 0 would probably be the ideal result, dream result. But I'm not sure you can have too much confidence in, in the defense to be disciplined. I'm not sure you can have too much confidence in that midfield to control it. And our attack is, well, it's been misfiring all season, right?
1: Well, yes yesterday you could have easily have been four or five, by the way. On yeah. made some good saves towards the end. Um, and there's a significant amount more quality on that pitch in the opposition than there was yesterday with Bayern Munich um, probably got mine and Jake's wet, wet dream of a um,
0: centre forward up front who he's definitely will, scoring will, he? who categorically will will score yeah right, <laughs> I've got it's, two it's... things written here we will score first Kane will 100% score okay <laughs> we that that's it's, yeah
2: those two things will definitely happen well, if they do, then you know, come,
0: come at me. Just give me the money now.
2: Just give me the money. Look, right. What, what would you? What would you genuinely predict for the game? Like, how would you? How, how do you
1: think the game will go,
2: rather than just
1: the result itself? It's it's back to that thing where I don't know what Manchester United are going to turn up. That that's the thing. It, uh-huh. it, def- defensively, midfield wise. How are we going to play? In terms of is Rashford, going to be one of those performances where he's um, you can't everything defend against worked. him. Everything and everything comes off. Um, but you have to start playing in your twos and threes and fours. You you have to, otherwise, you're just a bunch of
0: individuals. And it, and it told yesterday. I think um, it, part of the fact we've got to get some consistency, not only in the the way that we play, but in the team that we're we're lining up. Um, if you think from the start of the season, players that either are or aren't there, or you swapped out, you've got obviously Marshall and Hoyland have swapped out. Varane, obviously, has been injured to, and Linden lost mm. come in. There's no Anthony at the moment, so you're potentially playing Bruno or another person in his position. There's no Luke Shaw, so you're playing Delot or Regulon, who. I looked, actually you play well, didn't you Yeah, Luke's a positive player. And actually, uh, a friend of mine, Spurs season to Gelder and he can't believe Spurs never played him. He said, "You will, you will love him at United. He's a very good player. So, and I obviously haven't seen enough of him. So, we'll, but he did play well. Can't be and any then, worse than Tellers, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then, obviously, Mount's injured. So, like, you know, since the start of the season and pre-season, it's just been a very kind of like uh, just put the team together and get them out on the pitch type thing. And and I think that shows." Does, the
2: circumstances around the team, with all the injuries, with everything that has been going, like yeah, people were going to laugh and joke. Oh yeah, they would go only mentioning Glazers out after a loss. It's like no, whether United win, lose, or draw, the limbo takeover of our entire football club and every single employee of that club is a shadow that will never leave until our owners leave, and it will and
0: does impact the football team. If we do of mention the Glazers after every loss. Um, that means it's most weeks. So, <laughs> you know, <sighs> uh, we have to laugh. But, uh, we have to
2: laugh. No, uh, you have to. Well, I'd rather not, but I'd rather, you know, I've won. Like, what would you, what's your actual projection for the game? I think we'll lose.
1: Yeah? I think uh, we'll lose. Just, just I think going away from home, it's our it's our hardest game. Get it out of the way.
2: As I said, um, I think only Real Madrid can be harder than Bayern Munich away in the champions league group stages this season i think genuine is the second hardest game of the whole group stage and it's our first furor it's ten hawk's first ever united champions league game like and we've just lost two in a row and we've got anthony and sancho and injury It's just like is it's a it's a
0: shit sandwich it, well, it properly is it, but the, sometimes those are the ones and, and oh yeah, sometimes know, of course I'm clutching here but sometimes those are the ones where you just get some mad Oh no, look at that man like
2: like Look, we we got we got beaten by Brighton. Jeez, Brighton—the last two games that we've lost in the Premier League now against Brighton. Don't want to play them. Um, we lost against Brighton and Brentford, and everybody was crapping themselves about Liverpool. And we go and do what we did last year, and that was—I remember that—and so we can do it. We can turn it on. But that was the third game of last season. This is the fifth game of the second season. So we shouldn't be having like repeating conversations. Like the conversation should have moved forward. The 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 football itself and how confident you feel about the press and the collectiveness and the control they should have moved forward and i think we kind of we're still kind of stuck in those conversations a little bit which is concerning i think anyway but i i would i'm going to go for a like, an optimistic score draw
0: That's what i'm um, hoping for we as i said we'll score first um but i think we will con- we'll concede a goal that's just it's one of those where you think, how have we conceded that? It's just, Set I, piece. It's, it's just one of those where you just think they haven't actually done anything good to break us. Of all the play by and about, of all the possession, they'll score from something, and then it will just be last fifteen minutes. It'll just be them camping at half, us trying to do what we can, and and whether they find a goal or not. So I'm going for an optimistic late two-one loss. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. If you don't
2: laugh, you will cry, and um, maybe there's going to be three fully m- fully grown men just crying after we've got absolutely steamrolled by Bayern. But fingers crossed, we can come away with a result. Because I tell you what, Ten Hag needs it. Um, we do need it. This club needs it. Uh, kind of everywhere you looked over the international break, it was just bad news in every single direction. Uh, and it's not been there. <laughs> yeah, that Brighton game was. Yeah, that was probably one of the worst. It was. It was the measure of it. And with six Brighton players missing as well, but uh, we'll we'll be back. I think we'll be back on, was it Thursday? We're going to record the next ball, I think so. Um, maybe not if we lose. Dep- no, it depends. It depends. If we win, we'll we're here. now we'll be here. We'll be here. But look, appreciate your time, Jake. Appreciate your time, Bell. Um, tough titties right now as a United fan, isn't it? It really is.
0: This is a United People's TV and listening dog media production.